This is an ABC podcast. ABC Radio Australia. This is Fresh Off the Field. The sporting spirit of the Pacific. Come the Maori and welcome to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific. My name is Bobby McCumber. I'm a proud Micronesian woman with the Kiribati heritage and I'm excited to talk about sports for the next hour. Now, the show wouldn't be complete without my two wonderful co-hosts from across the Pacific sharing the latest local sports news on the ground and in the islands. My first co-host is a freelance sports commentator and broadcaster. She's back. It's for now, Bully Bully. Bulla for now. Bulla Bobby. Good, Good to have you me. back. And my second co-host for the first time on the show is a sports presenter for Cook Islands Television. It's Nicolia Matiariki. Oh, kiorana, Nicolia. Thank you. Oh, it's so good to have you both. Now, for now, I'm very excited to hear that you'll be at the Solomons for the Pacific Games. What are you going to be doing there? Well, I've, uh, I'll be doing the ABC ID team uh, to facilitate SIBS, uh, the Solomon Islands Broadcast Corporation, with uh, commentary. So that will be my role, but ABC ID will be facilitating in commentary and also with um, you know, journalistic uh, activities. But my role specifically will be facilitating with, comment- with the sports commentary from the Games. Uh, and what sports are you going to be commentating on, do you know? Uh, at this point, they've penned out football, which is what I, I specialise in, and netball, but uh, there's no limit. As we get there, should the need arise in other field, I'll definitely step up to it. Oh, that's exciting. And of course, football, I've mentioned it before, not today, so I will, but for now, played football for Fiji uh, for two years. And she also turned into a referee. She was the first FIFA Women's World Cup referee from Fiji, male or female. Uh, So it's wonderful to have you here. And I'm sure your expertise will be great on the sports commentary team in the Solomons. Nicolia, this is your first time on the show. Welcome. Uh, I believe you've already met for now. Where did you two meet? Um, yeah, so uh, thank you. Um, so I met Finau uh, at the um, Women's World Cup, which was held in Brisbane, um, and I met her through ABC as well. Um, yes, yeah, so we're both doing commentary there. It was my first time, um, but yeah, I believe uh, Finau has been doing this for a very long time. And um, yeah, so that's where we met and where we basically got to know each other. And yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. And what sports will you be commentating on in the Solomons? Well, uh, Peter has planned out three sports, I believe, which is volleyball, rugby and I think boxing. But I did plan out on doing um, football and touch rugby, but um, I don't mind. Um, Yeah, I'm just happy, but it's um, an exciting opportunity as well to be commentating on these three new sports for myself. Um, so, yeah, I have been practicing a lot lately and hopefully um, will master these um, as I get there. Oh, I'm very <laughs> impressed with you too. The fact that you can commentate on multiple sports. Uh, I've commentated cricket and I love other sports, but I, I could not get my head around doing multiple. So all the best for the Pacific Games. I look forward to seeing you both there. Now, for now, and Nicolia will keep you up to date on sports in both Fiji and the Cook Islands. This team nearly caused a huge upset at the Pacific Championships last weekend. Cook Islands on the attack, but it is the last. The ball played to Kariai. Yoka comes right to Masters with a right footstep. Beach one, then got a pass back to Lee Som Yoka. And he's over to score for the Cook Islands. Brilliantly done. 
Oh, the Cook Islands came so close. I'm going to be speaking to one of the players from that Cook Islands team. We'll hear that later on as well. Uh, We'll cover sports across the entire Pacific, plus loads more. So make sure you stick around. Fresh off the field. The Sporting Pulse of the Pacific. ABC Radio Australia. Each week, my co-host and I will do some serious reporting, as I said, from sport across the entire Pacific region. But before we get to that, we like to have a little bit of fun. Coconut Wireless. The Coconut Wireless is where we discuss sports gossip in your country. If there are whispers amongst the sporting community, you better believe we will air it on the Coconut Wireless. Now, it is not fact. It can't be backed up. But these are just rumours happening in sport around your country. For now, we're going to kick off with you. What have you heard on the Coconut Wireless in Fiji? Well, definitely a lot of uh, rumours and uh as you mentioned, the coconut wireless, especially in rugby, since we've just, you know, come out of the World Cup for uh, Fiji. And uh, Simon Raiwalui is not extending uh, his uh, his contract with Fiji Rugby. Well, the rumor is out there that, you know, he's probably got interest from um, other nations, uh, given how Fiji performed at the World Cup, going to the quarterfinals after 16 years. So, you know, that's out there. That's, that's the whispers. And also still with rugby, with the Fiji men's sevens team, we are the defending Olympic gold medalist, and next year, as we go into the gold medal, usually we bring in our 15s, our 7s uh, players who's turned code to 15s, who are playing their trade up in Europe. But this time round, the rumor is that Fiji Rugby Union will stick to the 7s players. They're not looking to their international base uh, 15s players to come in and join the code. So it'll be interesting to see how they'll be defending their title then. Ah, do you think it's a do you think it's a good idea that they're just sticking with the sevens and not expanding, looking at the other teams? I think here in Fiji, especially, we have enough players to play both codes. Uh, so by bringing the fifteens players, you know you have to you have to train them because sevens requires a lot of fitness, and mm. with the fifteens uh, code, usually they beef up. So usually when they come in, they have to uh, go through a vigorous training schedule just to just to sort of trim down. So I think you know for Fiji, it's like we're like the Brazil in the Pacific when it comes to rugby. <laughs> if we have enough players, we might as well use the players that we have homegrown. Yeah. There's enough talent, so we might have. I might as well push them in and use a separate code. I think that will be able to uh, sustain rugby, uh, you know, further here in the country. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, do you have any more news that you've heard on the Coconut Wireless for now? Uh, yes, also in Athletics Fiji, uh, you know, we've always done well at the Pacific Games. Uh, but with Athletics Fiji, it's always been the short distance. However, our long distance and middle distance has always sort of eluded us. And I think uh, from the 1990s and early 2000s we've never really performed ever since for the past 12 years it's been you know a desert for athletics fiji but we hear there's a name out there on the field yesh neil karan he participated quite recently at the queensland um, athletics championship he timed the second best for 3000 meters for any fiji time in that event the the first the one that holds the fastest time uh, is as usaya so tutu who, who participated back in europe more than 50 years ago so mm. the the word out there is he's he's the one who might bring us that gold medal after 12 years oh that's very exciting if it's true i love it that's what we do on here the coconut wireless these are whispers and gossip that we've heard in our country uh, thank you for now nicolea from the cook islands what have you heard on the mm. coconut wireless 
Sorry to break it to you, Fina, but we do have one of your athletes all the way from Fiji here in the Cook Islands who will be representing us for athletics in Honiara for the SPGs. And um, he is a middle distance runner. Um, so we do believe that the community back in Fiji are wanting him back. But uh, he has lived here for over eight years, so now he is uh, um, a, a Cook Islander. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're looking at uh, um, Rupeni Mataitonga. Um, he's lived uh, in the Cook Islands for quite a while now, and uh, um, he's now training with uh, one of our very own athletes, which is Alex Beddows, who has been competing in the Pacific Games for middle distance um, for quite some time now. And I'm not too sure if it was the last Pacific Games or the one before, where he did um, receive a gold medal uh, for the 400 metre um, distance run um, with a time of 49 seconds so yeah um Rupini is now training alongside Alex and the two will be traveling over together and um just uh, seeing Rupini lately he is hoping to bring back more medals for the cooks so uh unfortunately uh Fino um we'd like to say thank you and good luck as well to your athletes <laughs> so um yeah, it's quite interesting to see um, athletics grow here in the Cook Islands. And oh yeah, and just uh, another one. Um, uh, just recently, we've had a visitor come from Australia. He was my man before, but he isn't anymore. Um, Reese Walsh. So he's just visited the Cook Islands, and he's still here now. Oh. Um, yeah. So uh, he's the the famous young rugby league player who chose the Cook Islands to come for a holiday. I'm not too sure if he chose it for the island or the girls, but that's okay. Um, so just uh, recently, the boys have been wanting to give him a race. And there has been some gossip that he did go against one of our touch rugby boys. And unfortunately, Reese was just behind them at the finish line. So I think the Cook Islands now have a chance to beat a few countries at the Pacific Games. Oh, I love it, Nicolea. I mean, we're not even 10 minutes into the show and she's already having a dig at our co-host, Fiji, and for now, Bully Bully, for now. How does it make you feel when you see other Fijian athletes moving to other countries and then representing other countries? I mean, fair enough, he's been there for eight, eight years, but how does it make you feel as a Fijian? That's sports tourism for us. We market them and we're happy to share. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. I love all of that gossip from Fiji uh, and also from the Cook Islands. Oh, thank you for now. And Nicolia, that was... Coconut Wireless. All right, that was a lot of fun. Uh, now we're going to be talking about some serious stuff and what's happening in sport across our islands. For now, we'll kick off with you. What's happening in sport in Fiji? Well, currently, most of the sporting federations, they've toned down, they've wrapped up the season. And with the Pacific Games to kick off less than a month from today, uh, most of them are in their final preparation. You know, with the Pacific Game, everyone is focused with that. Uh, some of the sporting federations have brought in uh, overseas base players. Others are looking to bring them in in the next couple of weeks. So there's this uh, excitement of air here in Team Fiji as, they, as the, uh, the athletes and the federations look to make the country proud in this quadrennial sports event. Uh, but apart from that, there are little things happening with the sport, little sports teams. In surfing, we had the uh, PBS Lighthouse Surfing Challenge over the weekend, and the two winners from there will represent Fiji to the World Surfing Games uh, in Puerto Rico next year. 
And this is great for uh, Fiji surfing. Uh, it's been renowned, you know, a lot of um, the surfing, world-renowned surfers, they grace our shores over time. And we have some great surfing uh, spots here in Fiji. So to see uh, Fiji surfing, you know, elevate to that next level is great. Also with uh, basketball Fiji, they've had been having uh, camps with um, renowned uh, coaches from Oceania, uh, FIBA Oceania. We've had uh, Laurie Shizis and Scott Butler. They are based in Australia. Laurie was a former assistant Australian Opals coach. So they're coming in, they're helping the national team, they're helping, helping the national coaches in the final preparation, this final race for the Pacific Games. So that's what's happening also with Chess Fiji. Uh, we've had Vodafone Fiji, one of the uh, major sponsors, come on board to to sponsor Chess Fiji, and that's also also great. Like I said, for the little sports that's happening, to get to see a lot of activities, to see a lot of uh, sponsorship coming in from the corporate organisations, uh, is a testament of the growth of the the various sport. Uh, in rugby, again, this is a rugby nation. We're in the final phase of the Escort uh, Shield, which is the FMF Suva Rugby Union Escort Shield. Now, this is the largest provincial rugby union, the Suva Rugby Union, and the Escort Shield is the actually it is the um, longest running challenge trophy in Fiji. It's been there since 1913, so it's it's you know well renowned. A lot of people follow it. It has the biggest uh, competition. And last weekend we had the the two semi-finals. It was a close match between Navy and Maroons in the first semi-final and police and the covenant in the second and the final will be played this weekend with freshnet navy and police and uh, another interesting announcement coming out of rugby our fijian drua we know the drua they have been very um been very instrumental with the support to the national 15 team now the fijian drua just came out a couple of days ago and they've announced that alistair rogers he'll be joining as a defense coach in the next season now we all know uh, in rugby who this person is he's a he has a stellar record he was a senior coach with the blues team a high performance coach with new zealand rugby and he was also a uh, part of the setup uh, with the new zealand all blacks team when they went through to the 2011 and 2015 world cup so just to have him being part of our defense coach especially with the Ndrua side and especially Ndrua's influence in the 15 side, this is really uh, great for us. And again, Fiji Rugby has come out with the announcement, especially with uh, their high-performance uh, team. They've made three major announcements in the high-performance teams. Now, high-performance is very critical when you're looking at, um, you know, sports at the highest level uh, to ensure the sustainability performance at all level. Uh, we had the former international uh, rugby player, Barry John uh, Metha. He's now the new FRU general manager, high performance. Uh, we've had a Austra former Australian Walrus player, Elana Thomas. Now she's been um, announced as the new high performance player for women's rugby. So there's also the emphasis on women's rugby, its development and progress. And a local, William Engandolo, who's been part of FRU for many years, he's been promoted to the elite pathway and performance manager. So apart from these little, you know, uh, wins that's happening around in other sports, the main focus in Fiji right now is for the Pacific Games. That kicks off in three weeks' time. Oh, wow, that is a lot happening in sport in Fiji. A couple of the things that I noticed from your report there, uh, talking about uh, assistant coach of the Opals uh, Australian basketball team uh, and then one of the coaches from the New Zealand All Blacks as well, coming across and working with teams in Fiji. What is it that draws these coaches to Pacific Island nations like Fiji? I think uh, the, the performance over the time, you know, like we, we have natural athletes here, but, you know, sometimes we need just that, that added touch the 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 technical expertise you know just to take us to the next level 
And I, th I also, with the support that comes through various international organizations, be it World Rugby, be it FIBA Oceania, the, the Basketball Oceania Regional Body, they help with providing this te technical expertise. And for, for Fiji Rugby, they've really put in a lot of effort and a lot of funds in getting in these experts, uh, you know, to, to take the place to the next level. We are lucky enough to have some of our professional players, you know, they're playing in Europe, they're playing in all these competitive sports. But to get the next line, the next tier of players, it's important to have those technical coaches, you know, to teach them and get the drills and the skills right uh, from, the, from, you know, from day one. Mm, yeah, indeed. Who did you catch up with this week for now? I caught up uh, with Mr. Hector Smith. Now, Hector is, Smith is a name synonymous with hockey. He's been there from day one for decades. I grew up listening and hearing about hockey and this name Hector Smith was part of it. He's been part of the coach. Um, yes. And he's currently the women's national uh, hockey coach, but he's, he's held so many, um, he's been in so many capacities within the Federation. I asked uh, Hector Smith, how was the feeling after Fiji, realizing Fiji qualified for uh, its first international event? Um, yeah, yeah, for me, it was very emotional. Uh, emotional, um, thinking of how it all started and to see the team huddle up and shed tears for uh, they created history that day for this minor sport. It was, um, for me personally, I went back to the day when my first hockey stick was shaped by my father from a mang mangrove tree with a little Makita ball, Makita for a ball. 16 miles up the coast and uh, you know I thought about him I saw my daughter there my wife is a manager and all these young girls that work so hard uh, uh, and they created history for our sport now the highly anticipated uh, FIH Hockey Fives uh, World Cup uh, which will be hosted in Muscat Oman from the 24th to the 31st of January 2024 I will have 16 teams competing both in the men's and women's competition. The draws are out. Now the Fiji women's team are pulled with the host nation Oman, Malaysia and Netherlands and the Fiji men in pool C with again the host nation Oman, Malaysia and UC. How do you see uh, Fiji in this pool and uh, their opponents? Um, yeah, for for those who know hockey and uh, Netherlands, uh, I've always been a powerhouse in, in, in hockey. Uh, it's where what you might say, their number one sport. Um, for Oman, um, I don't have that much details. Obviously, we're looking at some of their games. Uh, Malaysia, uh, in the men, I know they are normally very strong. For the women, uh, I, I feel comfortable playing against them. Thank you. You mentioned uh, build-up to Oman. You have the Pacific Games. Yes, Oman is three months away, but the Pacific game tips off in less than a month. You are the defending champions and you are the favourites as well for these Pacific Games. What will be the focus? Uh, not only to ensure that you defend your title, but make sure you also uh, use it as a build-up preparation for Oman 2024. Uh, when we set out on this journey, uh, we had uh, th uh, uh, three three missions. Eh? Number one was to qualify for the World Cup. We attained that. And number two was to go and defend our status as the South Pacific Games champion when we last played in it. The third one, obviously, is to participate in the final. Um, 
We come straight after the Gold Coast uh, qualifying event. We come back down to ground level, work hard because obviously uh, any any team that is passionate, if they lost, they would have gone back and did more work. Now qualifying for the HIF 5s uh, World Cup uh, earlier this year, there were three sports allocated to Oceania. And, you know, having two powerhouses like Australia and New Zealand, you're able to, you know, come away with that win for the third bronze medal and the sport and qualifying for that. Do you believe that maybe for the main uh, World Cup that happens, at a, uh, the coordinator World Cup that happens every four years, maybe an expansion um, of the current format might allow, you know, more teams to participate? Yeah, um, as you said, I've been hockey in hockey for quite some time. Um, uh, all uh, our qualifiers, uh, which is the Oceania Cup, uh, uh, qualifiers for the Olympics, qualifiers for uh, these international tournaments, in the Oceania we had Australia and New Zealand all the time. Thus, uh, our struggle to come out uh, of this and I'm sure for any sport, be it netball, be it rugby, to come through New Zealand and Australia, is always going to be a mammoth task. Uh, we, we, we don't lack trying. We, we try and it gets better every time we meet. Uh, but it's so expensive for us to continue to travel to get uh, this. So um, we, 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 we feel... Uh, that you know, uh, you know, just like current uh, some sports now, they play each other in 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 a region, and top two goes through, plus the other one goes on a rep charge. Uh, so they have three opportunities. Uh, I think it should change for our sport too, because uh, in sport, uh, you know, winning is not everything. Participation is everything. If I could use an example uh, of participation, what participation uh, makes happen. If I were to look at seven-a-side rugby and you look at Kenya and Fiji play rugby in the early days, it was a walkover. But through participation, Kenya came through the rank and actually managed to beat Fiji in Singapore. So uh, that's a comparison I'm trying to say. Um, if we're not exposed uh, a lot more, it's difficult to progress. Uh, we were fortunate uh, that uh, the fact the Australian... Uh, Diplomatic funding did support us, uh, you know, um, and we're very grateful for that. That's a foreign country supporting a national team that qualified for the world, you know, that managed to qualify for the World Cup, and we're really grateful. Uh, we didn't, we didn't seek much, and uh, exposure locally. Um, basically, you have to write in your story. There's no genuine interest to support all the sports and give them fair coverage so uh, you know uh, when you get coverage out uh, you know it, it might attract a sponsor but uh, if we go and sing our own songs all the time uh, it's it's, uh, it's not something in our nature we need to um, uh, people uh, in in positions to do with sports for the country need to observe all the sports there are I think 32 sports that are trying to help Fiji get back to number one status in the South Pacific Games. You can really hear the passion in Hector's voice there. For now, how important is it to have people like Hector involved in sport? 
It is vital. I think passion is what achieves titles. Passion is what breaks the barriers. Passion is what, like he said, you know, he's been there for decades and it's for the first time Fiji has qualified to an international event. So uh, you've noticed in that first question, he was very emotional because mm -hmm. he's known the journey. He's been part of the challenge. He's been part of, you know, the difficult drive, even though it is a small sport. It is, it is important to have people like Hector with the passion who will be able to push beyond the boundaries even when challenges are there. Yeah, and one of the other things you said was, you know, participation is it, it's key, it's so important as opposed to results. Absolutely. And, um, you know, he's, he, as he mentioned there, you know, participation, uh, unfortunately with this sport, uh, you know, like you said, he's coming against powerhouses. They only have two sport in uh, hockey to qualify to the World Cup, and that's against Australia, New Zealand, and we know that, you know, they are powerhouses in hockey itself. I believe with other sports, they are lucky, like even if Fiji rugby needs to qualify for the for the Rugby World Cup to come through Australia, New Zealand, we might not even qualify as well. So he was trying to do that comparison and the need for for small spots to be recognized, for small spots to be supported, and not just with corporate financing, but also with media coverage and creating visibility. Mm, wonderful interview. Thanks for that for now. ABC Radio Australia. Fresh the field. Feel the power of Pacific sports. That's right, you're listening to Fresh Off the Field on ABC Radio Australia. I'm joined by co-hosts Fanau Vulivuli in Fiji and Nicolia Matearicki in the Cook Islands. Nicolia, on the ground in Rarotonga, what's making sporting headlines in the Cook Islands? Basically, everybody is just uh, in preparation for the Pacific Games um, that's going to be held in the Solomon Islands. Here in the Cooks, I believe that all our athletes are training very hard and are also looking forward to the Games. Um, this Friday we will be uh, having our practices, our cultural practices that we will be taking over to the Solomons in terms of the opening um, performances or otherwise at the end. Next week as well we will be having a parade uh, which will go from the town area in Rarotonga and this is just to acknowledge um, our athletes' um, hard work that they have put in throughout the few months that they've had to train for these games and um, yeah so I believe that the teams are looking forward to that. Yeah wonderful like you said there is just not much time going until the Pacific Games happening in the Solomons so uh, I mean a lot of our Pacific nations are preparing for that across the board. Uh, you had a chance to speak to someone this week as well who was that? So just another tournament that had just started last week, Saturday, was our squash national tournament. Therefore, we do have um, a few participants who have flown down from New Zealand and Australia. And this is an annual competition which happens every year. So uh, the person I interviewed was uh, Tutu Inamata, which is our president for Cook Island Squash, who just gave us a brief update on what the tournament was about and, and how it was going so far. Kirana Tutu here, president of Cook Island Squash Association. Uh, we, we have about 70 uh, attendants in terms of squash players. It's a good number for our small squash club here in the Cook Islands. Uh, many of them come from New Zealand uh, clubs from North and Southern Ireland. Uh, we have a few that have also come from Australia. So it's good to get this um, group of people every year. It's an annual event that we hold uh, every October. 
uh, and we usually try and place it over the Labour uh, holiday or the, or the long weekend in New Zealand so it, it matches up with uh, events here and um, yeah we're, we're so pumped to have everybody here to play squash and many of them they enjoy coming here because they can play squash in paradise and you know these these players they're diehard squash players so the fact that they can play it in such an environment and tropical weather such as ours um, is awesome so we're very blessed to, to have them here and to hold this event yeah yeah and just uh, within these three days of the tournament how are you as the say the president finding it or has there been any challenges that you have faced or maybe some highlights um, throughout the tournament that you could uh, tell us about yeah mainly highlights uh, we look forward to having um, our uh, friends and family here from New Zealand Australia because uh, their level of squash is, is totally different from the way we play here in the Cook Islands um, you know you can tell that they've been well trained over the years and they've probably started when they were only seven years old many of them so you know you can see the high talent uh, the high volume of skill in the players so our local squash players they are very appreciative uh, of the experience that um, they bring so definitely a highlight there's never any downtime because we're always here uh, the committee uh, that we have that runs these tournaments they're always on their toes and, and ready to make it work um, many of us you know we've got to take time off work uh, to, to accommodate this event so you know we're dedicated to making sure that the event is a success and that our visitors that come for squash have a great experience Perfect. And uh, just for you again as the president, um, just a bit of background on you. What are the events of, um, say like the major events of squash that you have participated in? Uh, yeah, so uh, look, squash has been on a download for a very long time. Um, I think the last time we put in a team for the South Pacific Games was in 2009 when it was held here at this very arena. Um, and since then, squash hasn't really been part of many of the South Pacific Games, especially like the one that's been held right now in, in Solomon Islands. Uh, squat, the squash code is not part of it. So uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to attend, but um, our main aim as a club really is just to build the awareness amongst our local community and you know we've done I feel as the president we've done so well um, compared to previous years our aim really is to try and get into the Olympics now because squash is part of it um, LA 28 yeah that's that's pretty much the drive now so we've got four years to prepare for it it'd be awesome to have a team to attend that particular event um, yeah just to get our presence our our small island which is a dot out there in the world so Cool, cool. And yeah, it is uh, quite a downfall for um, the squash not be held at the Solomon um, Pacific Games. Um, however, because we aren't attending that, do you have any other, um, say, tournaments that will be held here in the Cook Islands during that time? Or will squash just be off until next year? Yes, so we do have a calendar of events. And this um, open tournament that we're having right now is the last on our calendar so uh, squash will have to wait until February next year where we start off with the BSB business house and then we have a full-on calendar with the Cook Island Games uh, coming up and you know I guess just to add it was the first time for Cook Island squash to be 
be in the Cook Island Games last year, <laughs> and it was so epic that we were able to uh, drum in a lot of interest with people that uh, never played squash before, never heard of it before, or seen it, and then now they've taken it up as their sport. So, you know, we were very thankful that the Cook Island Games came through, and we were able to participate. And again, it's just trying to get the local community involved. So we look forward to Cook Island Games next year, and then obviously Olympics in, a, in another four years. So those are the events that we're kind of preparing for. In the in the meantime, uh, we're just going to hold club events and just trying to get the interest in. Yeah. Just with the uh, development or the progress with squash, how has that been um, for you over the years? Yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, on the positive, it's been awesome. Uh, we've, we've had so many people come through and make squash their sport. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of people who haven't played squash for like 10 years come back and, and you know, um, bring their families and their children as well. So uh, we've got a junior development program that is happening. There are a lot of events that happens in New Zealand, Australia and all over the Pacific uh, that we haven't really been involved in. So our aim in the next year is to develop our young people from 10 to 15 years old and try and get them into these games um, held in Fiji, for example. Yeah, so we're, we're pretty pumped. Cool, yep. And um, if you have any last words, or did you want to say a shout-out or anything you can add? This is your time. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. I, I love shout-outs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a committee, and without the committee, we won't be able to progress and, and make ground. So thanks, guys, for always stepping in and putting in 110%. Yeah, just want to thank all the club members for just hanging hanging in there because without you guys, uh, we won't have a squash club. Yeah, just everybody that's supported us, Cisnock, um, over the years and just assisting us with getting the sport up and using the complex here so that we can play squash. And also uh, Annie and the team there at CIC uh, for always accommodating us uh, with our queries and stuff with the squash court and renovation. So, yeah, thank you guys. We appreciate your, your support. Oh, so LA Olympics 2028. What do you think, Nicolea? Do you think Cook Islands can qualify squash team for that Games? Uh, well, in the past few years that I've known um, squash, we haven't really had much uh, progress or development in this area, but um, we're very grateful for uh, Tutu Inomata, who has been pushing very hard for the sport to gain, you know, more knowledge and um just bringing in more people to play the sport. Just with the games that will be held in LA, I'm not too sure, but <laughs> I do hope that we will qualify for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you do have to have them goals and, the, and those dreams to kind of work towards. So yes. if they can have more, I guess, game time during the Cook Islands games that they have annually as well as uh, some more tournaments coming up as well. Unfortunately, they can't uh, take part in the Pacific Games because there is no squash competition. Uh, but yeah, like I said, plenty going on in squash uh, in the Cook Islands and hopefully they can set their sights on LA 2028, the Olympic Games, where squash will be there. Uh, thank you very much for that, both for now and Nicolia for those sports reports in both Fiji and the Cook Islands. Now, there is plenty happening in sports across the Pacific. We are into week three of the Pacific Championships. Last weekend in the Men's Pacific Cup, the Kiwis defeated Toa Samoa 50-0. Oh, not a good day for Toa Samoa, getting absolutely smashed there. In the Pacific Bowl, Fiji Bati narrowly defeated the Cook Islands 22-18. 
Oh, that would have been a historic win for the Cooks and one they thought they had. I'll go into more detail with one of the Cook Island players later in the show. Uh, with the Women's Pacific Cup, the Kiwi Ferns defeated Matema'a 28-10. Matema'a's captain Tiana Penatani scored both tries for Tonga, but unfortunately it wasn't enough for her team to get over the line. But an incredible effort by the skipper nonetheless in the Pacific Bowl. PNG Orchids defeated the Cook Islands Moana 28-20. So there were six different players from the Orchids that scored tries and four from Moana. So all the tries were being shared amongst <laughs> all the plays there, which was nice of them to share it around. Games this weekend on Saturday the 28th of October, the Women's Pacific Cup final. We've got the Jillaroos taking on the Kiwi Ferns. It's happening in Melbourne, but you can listen to that live on ABC Radio Australia, 5pm PNG time. We've got two more weeks for the men. So the Kangaroos are taking on the Kiwis. That's happening on Saturday as well, 7.10pm PNG time. And then the last game of the weekend on Sunday, the 29th of October, the PNG Kumuls are taking on Fiji Bati. That's happening at 3pm in Port Moresby. As I said, all of these games will be broadcast on ABC Radio Australia, so you won't miss any action from the entire Pacific Championships. Uh, for now, what's happening in South Africa at the moment? We have the, the Women's 15th International Competition. This is something that the World Rugby has brought about uh, to increase the competitiveness and, you know, there's more competitions for the women's uh, rugby, which is will really elevate uh, the sport. So it's it's been divided into three-level competition. So the competitions are happening between October and November, and they've been, there are 18 teams participating, and World Rugby has divided them into three different tiers. The top six, they play in, uh, they're currently playing in New Zealand, and that's between New Zealand, Australia, France, Wales, England, and Canada. So what happens with the first first six they play whoever is at the bottom there is no relegation. Now the second the second tier the world's 15th two they're currently playing in South Africa and that's South Africa Samoa Scotland Japan USA and Italy. Now they also play out uh, in a round robin match. The one that comes at the bottom of the table then will be relegated to the the third tier which has Fiji, Kenya, Colombia, Kazakhstan, Ireland and Spain and they're currently playing in Dubai. So this a uh, Three-tier competition has been brought up by World Rugby for the women's 15 to help, you know, bring in more competition, elevate the sport more. And I think it's really good for, for women's rugby around the world. And oh. we've had interesting uh, matches as well, just, just focusing more on the Pacific teams because Samoa and Fiji played out earlier this year and Fiji lost out. So Samoa is in Tier 2 and Fiji is in Tier 3. So Fiji smashed uh, Colombia. Uh, 67-13 in Tier 3, but then they lost to Spain, unfortunately, in the second game. Uh, Samoa lost to uh, USA, 36-26, and the next match will be this Saturday, two days away, against South Africa, so they will really be gunning for a win then. Oh, and it, it is really great to see all of these competitions happening around the world, and, and just creating that tier system means that it's getting to a more professional level as well, and Fiji, uh, unfortunately losing out to Manu Sina, meaning that they're in Tier 3, but I'm sure they will be working hard to get themselves back up to Tier 2 there as well. Uh, Nicolia, we've got some more sport happening in New Caledonia. What's up? Oh, yes, yes. So uh, recently we've just had our... Um uh, Cook Islands under-20s women's handball um, squad team who just uh, got back from the um, national uh, handball competition that was held out in New Caledonia. 
So yeah, this is the first time in I think ten years that we have taken a team over. So I think that's a great progress for the Cook Islands. Unfortunately, though, uh, the girls did not come out with a win in any of the games, but it was more so the experience. And a lot of these girls were、um, very young and just new to the sport as well.、Um, most of them only just started training、uh, four months ago, and I think just、uh, with their progress and what we've seen. They did our country、um, really proud. So yeah, we're really proud of them, and、uh, I think five of the girls from that handball team will be participating in the SPGs and the Pacific Games.、Uh, hence, why they had to hurry back and get more training. So these five or six players are they doing different sports in the Pacific Games? Yes, yes. So、oh. we have three of them who will be taking part in touch rugby, and then we have two who is in our netball team. And yeah, and also just with the Cook Islands being a very small place, or like、uh, with a population of fifteen thousand people,、um, each sports doesn't really have that much、uh, participants or people、um, to join in. So we're kind of relying on the numbers as well. So.、Uh, A few of our players who will be going to the Pacific Games are either playing in two or three sports, <laughs> so yeah, they've they've got a lot of training to do. And just right now in the Cooks,、um, all our sports girls have been training like、um, eight times a week, which is quite a lot. And I do feel for some of our athletes who are like probably so tired right now and just. Wanting to get over the Pacific Games and it hasn't even started yet, so yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it, and it's so interesting to see you know dual athletes. You see that a bit in well here in Australia, but to <coughs> compete in the Pacific Games for two or three different sports. <laughs> yes, oh, they, yes.、Uh, I, I know what you mean when you say they're going to be exhausted. I mean they're exhausted already before it's even started. Thank you very much for now, and Nicolia. Lots of sport happening, as I said, around the Pacific as always. ABC Radio Australia. You're listening to Fresh Off the Field, uniting the Pacific through the universal language of sports. We're halfway through the Pacific Championships, and I caught up with a player about his recent experience both on and off the field in Port Moresby. Ruben Porter was a starting back role for the Cook Islands, who almost beat Fiji Bati last weekend. I asked him what it means to represent his country. Ah,、uh, it means a lot.、Um, so that's Cook Islands is my mother's side, and、um, I grew up in New Zealand and Wellington, and and Wellington is a real big Cook Island community down in、uh, Puridor, and I think especially for my family back in New Zealand, they、um, they love seeing me represent the Cook Islands, and、um, it's real important to for me to also sort of learn more about my heritage and where my grandmother and and、um, and grandfather were from. Mm. Was it a chance for you to catch up with some old teammates that you haven't seen in a while when you come together to play? Yeah, no, it's really good. You see a lot of the boys. Um, not some. Sometimes you, you know you see them sort of during the year. You get to play them a bit, but then you, you know you hang hang out with each other for two weeks. It's、uh, it's pretty good. We had a good、uh, group of boys. A lot of um young new boys as well, which was good. You played two games in Port Moresby. How did it feel playing in front of the local crowd? Oh, it was、uh, it was pretty unreal. The the first thing in this was the heat over there. I think we did our first training session, and it was just the humidity was crazy. So I think as you can see from that first game, I think we struggled a bit. But、uh, the the locals and the fans were amazing. To be honest,、uh, you can understand why、um, the P、uh, PNG players are so passionate. I guess their fans and they live and breathe footy over there. It's on. It's obviously their number one sport. 
So uh, meeting the locals and stuff there was amazing. Um, yeah, they, it was actually one of the best uh, experiences I've had for footy, for sure. Speaking of meeting the locals, whilst in PNG, you visited a village named Hanuabada. How did they welcome yeah. the men's and women's Cook Island teams? Yeah, well, they were, it was um, it was interesting because um, well, we we learned during the week that actually some Cook Island missionaries back in the 1800s actually came and landed there, and they were greeted by the village. And while we got there, they were actually singing Cook Island songs to us. Yeah, um, a group, a string band, string band group, and then. You could just hear all the locals singing it too. It was actually pretty crazy. Um, and uh, one of our sort of uh, cultural advisors and stuff like that, they were they were crying and stuff. They it was unbelievable the scenes and yeah, it was it was actually it was crazy to be honest. We just you know, they were loving having us there and we were just um, blown away by the support from them. I watched some of the videos on Instagram and it, I mean it brought tears to my eyes. How did the players react? Oh, we were shocked. Honestly, we were just so shocked. We didn't. Um, I, I don't think we understood before we went there what um, what they sort of meant by you know the connection they to they have they have to the Cook Islands and you know they had flags everywhere mm. and stuff like that. It was just unreal. I saw some dance offs between local kids and Cook Islander players. Who won those? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, the local kids got to be the chair and some of the boys, but um, I think that was mainly the boys cheering on the kids. <laughs> uh, you also visited schools during your time in PNG. How important is that community engagement when you're touring? Oh, it's massive. It was, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting in in terms of just learning about how they go to school, and it's obviously different to how we go to school in Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, it was. They, we, they connected pretty well. They were, they engaged with us a lot, which was so good. They they were genuinely like happy to see us. They were genuine in trying to, you know, listen to us, even though uh, probably some of the stuff was wasn't really making sense to them. But it was um, it was a good time. And so the Pacific Championships are going to be played over the next few years, locked in, which is great. How important is it having these games being played in the Pacific, in places like Port Moresby in Papua New Guinea? I think it's so important, especially for young kids um, who sort of who want to play for you know Papua New Guinea or the Cook Islands or Fiji. It's sort of something to sort of look towards. I think sometimes international footy and rugby league sort of gets you know put on sort of below NRL, and I think the NRL are doing such a good job in trying to bring uh, these Pacific Island nations in because I mean you look at the NRL and a lot of the the players in the NRL now are from the Pacific Islands, so. I think the more there's going to be a lot more coming through and and sort of a place to represent the heritage and culture. Mm. I saw the reaction of school kids screaming when Carmichael Hunt spoke to them. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's recently taken the reins of coach. How have the players responded to his leadership? Oh, he's he's a really good coach, obviously. But I think, especially for me, I was just buzzing up the whole time. eh? (laughs) I I mean, I just messaged him again today. I was just like... I mean, like we used to watch him on TV all the time. You're like, it's Carmichael Hunt, and he's honestly the nicest dude. You're like, you wouldn't even know that he's Carmichael Hunt. So, but he was honestly such a good coach. Um, you can tell. You could tell why um, South Logan went so good this year. He's just technical side, but you know, getting the boys motivated too. Cook Islands came very close to defeating Fiji Bati over the weekend. How was yeah. the team after that game? I think. 
we were pretty disappointed. I think mm. we, were, we actually we we thought we had it there for. A bit. I think it would have been so massive, especially for the Cook Islands and as a country, just for that win. Because we knew how you know obviously Fiji had been so dominant for the Pacific Islands for so long, and it had just been a, a good freaking win for us. But um, unfortunately, we did it. But I think the boys were. Sort of proud too, mm. in terms of like we had a young squad, so um, it was a good sort of game for them to get used to the how tough an international footy game is and against a good quality side. And when will we see you pulling on the jersey for the Cook Islands next? Uh, hopefully next year. I think they they plan on doing the Pacific Nations again next year. I think it might be in Fiji. Oh, that's oh, cool. nice what we've been told, so that, that'll be really good. Uh, but hopefully next year if I get um, selected and, yeah, that'll that'll be... Hopefully we can uh, get some good results then too. Wonderful. Well, congratulations on your selection in the Cook Islands team. Uh, sounds like it was an amazing experience both on and off the field. Uh, thanks for your time, Ruben. No worries. Thank you. So that was Ruben Porter, back row for the Cook Islands, talking about his experience in the Pacific Championships. All right, you've been listening to my co-host and I for a while now. It's time to get to know them just a little bit more. It's time for our next segment. Gyaman Stapwe is talk pissing for Pick the Lie. Each co-host will tell us three things about themselves. Two will be true and one will be a lie. The other two co-hosts will have to try to Gyaman Stapwe for now. We're going to start with you. Now, this can be a fact or a story about yourself. Off you go. Three things. Awesome. Well, since we've been talking about the Pacific Games and the Solomon Islands, my first one is I have been to the Solomon Islands. Second one, I have eaten kangaroo meat. And third, I have a twin sister. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So the first one is you've been to the Solomon Islands. Second one, yes. you've eaten kangaroo. And then the yeah. third one, you have a twin sister. All right, Nicolea, which of those do you think is the lie? I think the twin sister because the kangaroo meat reminds me of the <laughs> You think the twin sister, why? The kangaroo meat sounds too true to be alive because mm. we were just at the World Cup. Say from the Pacific, we obviously love our meat and we're just like... Every lunch break, we were always just getting like sandwiches and you know just the light meals, and there was barely any meat until our last day. We got this like whole just like heap of different kind of meat. Everybody just went like so hard and was like grabbing all the meat, and at the end of it, <laughs> the lady told us and they're like, "Oh hey, that's actually kangaroo. It's nice." <laughs> Everybody was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> So they you all thought ate it. it was like chicken or beef, but they already ate it. <laughs> so I think Fido was one of them who ate it. <laughs> all right. A bit of backstory there. I love it. Thank you for that intel there, Nicolia. So you think the twin sister is the lie? I'm going to go with you. I, I think the twin sister is a lie. So I think you've been to the Solomons. You have eaten kangaroo, even if you didn't mean to. Uh, for now, what is the lie? You both got it correct. I'm bad at this. <laughs> Um, we're going to go to you now, Nicolia. Three things about yourself. Two are uh, the truth and one is a lie. We'll see if we can pick the lie. <coughs> Off you go. I've flown to four different countries this year. Ooh. I love swimming and uh, aquatics is my favourite sport. Okay. 
So you've flown to four countries this year, Jet Setter. Mm-hmm. Um, you enjoy <laughs> swimming, and aquatics is your favourite sport? Yeah. Right. For now, what do you think the lie is? I think the last one, aquatics, aquatics her is her favourite Yes. You know what? I agree with you for now. Uh, I feel like she has flown. I know she's just gotten back from Bali, uh, work-related. You've been to Australia. I I feel like you do enjoy swimming, but I don't think aquatics is your favourite sport. Uh, Nicolia, what is the lie? You're both correct. Both got it right. Oh, for now. Well done. Hey, I'm two from two. For now, see if you can get two from two. Uh, You too, Nicolia. All right. Now, my mother's name was Tatawa which is a boy's name in Kitabas, but my mama wanted a boy, so she kept the name. Second one, my daughter's name is Whitney, named after Whitney Houston, because I love Whitney Houston. And my real name is Tina. Bobby is a nickname my football coach gave me 20 years ago. For now, what is the lie? I would go with uh, the last one. You you don't think my name is Tina? I don't look like a (laughs) Tina to you? (laughs) I guess you probably no. never see me. We just hear each other all the time. Um, all right, you're looking in three. How about you, Nicolia? Hmm, they all sound like a lie. Um, <laughs> well, they like, do. <laughs> um, maybe the oh, man. I don't know. You have to pick um, one. Your daughter's name's Whitney. My daughter's name is Whitney. Okay, so my mother's name was Tatawa, and that was a boy's name. So she grew up with a boy's name because her mum wanted a boy. Poor thing. (laughs) Um, So my name is Tina. Can you believe that? I went to... I went to football training and my coach, I was 17 years old, and my coach said, what's your name? And I said, Tina. And she said, Tina Bobarina. And then everyone <laughs> called me Tina Bobarina for years until it got shortened down to Bobarina, then Bobby. And now no one knows that my name is Tina. And the last one, the lie, was my daughter's name is Whitney. I don't have a daughter. So if I do, she would be named Whitney after Whitney Houston. So there we go. That was uh, Guillaume and Stuffware. Thank you for playing. None of you got that right. Oh, I'm the winner hey, there. That it's, yeah, no, sorry, you're right, Nicolia. I forget it. I get so concentrating on winning, and you did get it. You did pick Whitney, so thank you, Nicolia. Uh, thank you for now. That does bring us to the end of the show for this week. A big thank you to my co-hosts, for now, Bully Bully, sports commentator and broadcaster. Thank you for now. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks for having me. Of course. And Nicolia Matiariki, our sports presenter for Cook Islands Television. What a way to kick off your debut on the show. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. Thank you. And, of course, our audio producer for Fresh Off the Field, Renal Moa. Thanks, as always, Nelly. Thanks for listening to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'll be back next week with two new co-hosts from across the Pacific talking all things sport in our region. This episode was produced on the lands of the Ghana people and the Gadigal people. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.